I'm Todd Brinker. This is Back from the Brink. Welcome, welcome to the show today. It is Friday, Friday, the 10th of July, 2020. COVID lockdown continues. Um, The world is trying to get back at it. Disney opened up Disney today, or at least Disney Main Street, and wild, crazy crowds showed up. Um, Apparently, they tried to keep some, some social distancing going on. Everybody was wearing masks and did their best to not, like, cross-pollinate and infect everybody, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, not for me, I wasn't going to go out to see a a big crowd of people, but, uh, you know, hey, if you're out there and you want to do it, I understand, it's, you've been cooped up a long time, I mean, we've been at this since March 12th, I mean, remember, March 11th was, you know, hey, things are kind of getting bad, I wonder what's going to happen, March 12th, everything shuts down, and stay home, don't talk to people, don't go out, don't breathe, if you need something, get it now because it may disappear. And you might have to go out later and you don't want to go out later. This is bad. Thus, no toilet paper could be found. No Lysol. No uh, Clorox. All these things that disappeared. That we've now start seen start coming back into our grocery stores. Ironically, though, if you happen to drink like caffeine-free soft drinks or something, those, at least in the Southland, are gone. I don't know how they are the rest of the country, but here in Southern California, there are no, I mean, you can get Diet Coke and regular Coke, but you can't get caffeine-free Diet Coke. You can't get, uh, it's hard to find like Dr. Pepper, and there's certainly no caffeine-free Dr. Pepper or or caffeine-free Diet Dr. Pepper. There's like no caffeine-free. It's like anything that was outside the norm. You can get Coke and Diet Coke. You can get Pepsi and Diet Pepsi. Um, all the other stuff is like hit and miss depending on which stores you go to and what's available and, and what you really want. I guess if you want caffeine-free, you drink water, uh, or you can get some root beer. There's some root beer out there. I've seen a few of those. Uh, as long as it's not Barks, right? Barks has bite, which is code for we put caffeine in the root beer. Um, but uh, it's funny that the you know what you have difficulty finding and what you don't because like I can go to my regular standard you know Albertsons or Stater Brothers grocery store which are the two local chains that are around here I guess there's a Vons as well Vons and Albertsons are part of the Safeway uh, Corporation right now they've they've been part of Safeway and then not and then then they were part of it again and then then not and now they're part of it again so I don't know all these corporate sales and re recombinings are, are hard to keep track of. Um, Aaron's joining us, so let me uh, get her online with us here, and we will. Uh... Good morning, Aaron. How are you? I'm good, Todd. How are you? Pretty good. I was just kind of talking and meandering about what's going on with uh, grocery stores. It's like we've seen the return of toilet paper, and and you can find in some limited supply, but it's there. You can find like Clorox bleach products and Lysol products, and you know you can find some of those um, those kinds of things. But ironically, one of the things that we can't find is um, caffeine-free soft drinks. Like you can get Coke and Diet Coke, but you can't get caffeine-free versions of those. Um, or and and we're seeing very limited supplies of even like Dr Pepper. It seems like you know Coke, Diet Coke, Pepsi, Diet Pepsi are there to be had. Everything else seems just kind of hard to find. Maybe did Dr Pepper did they have to to shut down their uh, their packaging or their their bottling plant somewhere well, because, well, or in Dallas? 
In, in the Southland, the doc, Dr. Pepper is bottled by the Coca-Cola bottling company. So they're bottled by the same people that, that distri- uh, bottle and distribute Coca-Cola. But I think what oh. the issue is, is that the syrup, which is made by their, their, you know, made in, I believe, just one factory made by, you know, in Dallas, where, where their, their home, home, uh, home ground is, is uh, that they maybe had to shut down production of syrup or certain syrups for a while, or they went to limited production and said, well, we're going to, if we're going to be limited, we're only going to do, you know, uh, Dr. Pepper and diet Dr. Pepper. We're not going to do the, the, you know, Dr. Pepper vanilla and the Dr. Pepper cherry and the Dr. Pepper, you know, and I'm finding that with Coke as well. It's like, you've got Coke and diet Coke, but you don't see the diet Coke with lime and the diet Coke with raspberry and, you know, all those little alternative flavors or those add on flavors that probably don't sell in huge volumes, but they get them a little additional, um, income are just gone. Huh? And I wonder if it's because of COVID they've had to go to a limited production at their, at the syrup manufacturers. Well, I'm guessing, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, um, I mean, it doesn't bother me, but, uh, but my wife likes the caffeine free. She switches to caffeine free later in the day so that, you know, at nighttime she's not feeling quite as wired up as she might otherwise. And, uh, so she's really missing the caffeine free option. So let me ask you this. Have you guys ever tried one of those soda stream machines where you can you can um, essentially make your own soda at home? Got one for my birthday. Does it work? Is the soda good? I don't drink the soda. I just drink the carbonated water, which is what I got it for, and I like it that way. And you can put a little bit of flavor into it if you like, and that's what I like. Um, and I know that I have bought, like, the um, uh, carbonated lightly flavored water or lightly flavored seltzers for uh for Elaine at times and she likes those and I'm afraid she may just have to go to that because uh, and now you can buy the syrup to do a diet cola or a diet whatever but she's very particular about like she doesn't like diet cola she likes diet coke and not you know diet pepsi and not diet Shasta or whatever. And so if she's going to switch, she's probably not going to go to a different cola. She's going to just say, I'm going to go to something different and have just like a, you know, slightly flavored seltzer. Ah, so, so you're liking your soda stream machine? I like it very much. You know, I'd been talking about one for a long time and she always kind of poo-pooed it, but our daughter Jensen bought one and absolutely loved it. And we visited her and got to use it. And I said, yeah, I like that. I want one. I'm going to get one. Um, um, but I didn't put a date on it knowing that I had a birthday coming up and sure enough, it showed up for my birthday. So I, uh, I didn't have <laughs> now, to go. How does it work? Do you buy little canisters of CO2 like they do at restaurants? Yeah, it's basically a CO2 canister. It's about, uh, I don't know, a foot tall and maybe, uh, uh, as big around or slightly, you know, it's about as big around as the skinny cans, like the, that, that, um, say like a Michelob or a, a Red Bull oh, yeah. comes in. So it's not like a. You know, it's not the regular soft drink can, so it's a little bit narrower diameter, and it's about a foot tall, and it fits inside the machine, and it says you get about 60 uh, uh, liters of carbonated beverage that way. And, um, you know, and so it, uh, and then when you, you, the the cartridges are a little pricey, but you basically do them like you do a propane can. You exchange the empty for a full, and they refill it. Although, apparently, these have been very popular during COVID, and there's been kind of a run on CO2 cartridges. So if you can find them, then, uh, you know, get them. 
uh, even if you go directly to, um, you can do like mail order swaps through Amazon and directly through SodaStream. SodaStream says they're out of stock right now. So, huh. um, well, that makes sense. You know, because yeah. people were, they would get that, that fix out and about while they're out and about, right? So you go yeah. to a restaurant, you get your fizzy drink, whatever that fizzy drink is. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, that now people are doing that because they're at home. Although I have to say the last two weeks we've been eating out a lot, like, you know, run through a drive through or go pick something up. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we've got to stop that. That gets expensive. <laughs> yeah, it gets expensive and it's not always the best for you. Although sometimes it tastes kind of yummy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I it's love not a great habit. habit. <laughs> I was going to say, not a great habit to get into. And you said oh, habit so right at the same time. I, I love the love habit. The habit. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. They have a really yummy um, a vegan burger. So like a veg- veggie burger. Mm-hmm. And it's got, um, now I don't get it with their honey mustard dressing because I don't like the sweet. But um, uh, it's got cucumber and lettuce and tomato and the bun is really good and and so that is that is like my favorite hamburger right now. Mm, now that's the in Re- in Redlands. Uh, no, there's one in um, Colton by the uh, ah. uh, Arrowhead Regional Medical Center. Yeah, they're around. They're they're like a limited chain, right? Yes, I, I say limited just because I think they're in the Southland, but I don't know that they're necessarily nationwide. Yeah, yeah, I think they are in Southern California. Yeah. So well, good. I'm glad that that you've got something that you like and. Uh, and, you know, you get relatively healthy. I mean, you know, like anything else, when it's cooked out, you know, there's going to be probably more more fat and salt than, than you would have if you cooked it at home. But um, but it's yep. yummy. It's yummy. It is yummy. And I've got all those ingredients at home where I could buy a bun and I've got cucumber and I've got tomato and lettuce and onion. And I could make and I've got the vegan burger. I could make it at home. It's just it tastes better when somebody else makes it. <laughs> Just because yeah. I don't have to do it. Not that yeah. I can't cook. Yeah, no, it's it's. Well, I think we're all that way, and it's like you know, you, the, your logic brain says, "Well, it's not like I don't have time. I've got nothing else going on." You know, I mean, you know, I, I'm at home. My commute. I do. My, well, you've got work, but your commute is zero. So it's like that's true. You know, when you're off, you can go cook right then. You, what would have been commute time driving home or something? You can start a meal or you know. But I don't. Th- and the, by just human nature, I don't think most of us are doing that. Most of us are like, eh, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. like the the migration from the uh, from the couch to the kitchen and back is like. Eh. <laughs> it's true. What do you want? I go get something at Miguel's. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, as actually, if as if that's been heard in my house recently. <laughs> so I, 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 you know, have been six months with no um, meat and only accidental animal product. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I yesterday, Tobin's like, we're, we're leaving a meeting. Are we leaving? We met. Had a had a, met some rotary folks to do some rotary business yesterday, and do some um, rotating. Yes, we did some rotating, um, but uh, we got done at like um, it was like seven thirty, and uh, we're we're hungry. And he said, "What do you want?" It's like a carne asada taco. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't have one. I didn't have one. I'm like, my body's not craving. I just yeah. want it. Yeah, yeah. You, you asked me what I want. I told you. It, <laughs> does, it doesn't mean I'm going to give in to every whim, but boy. Uh. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, and I mean, depending on, I mean, everybody makes the decision for themselves, you know, but it's like, um, 
you know, an occasional change in your diet, regardless of how you eat, is not going to be the end of the world for anybody, at least physically. Um, you know, you might run the risk, and every, every individual is different, but every, you, know, you might run the risk of, oh, I, I have allowed myself to have something that I had previously denied myself. And then it makes it that much harder to, yeah. to, to go back to denying yourself, you know. And so it's like, you know, you don't want to take that first step. Like, I, mean, I don't want to liken it to being like an addict, but you don't want to take that first step that then starts you down the path of like, oh, well, screw it. I'm just going to eat whatever I feel like, right? And then, and, that and is that, 100% me, 100%. Yeah. If yeah. I were an alcoholic, I would not be able to be anywhere near alcohol because right. if I had that one sip, I'd be off to the races. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, you know yourself. Good for you for being self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not everybody is, you know. <laughs> not everybody yeah, I'm is. I'm not one of those who can have um, uh, one um, potato chip. Oh, my God. A guy is driving by. I'm not even kidding. Oh, he looked like he was standing on his motorcycle. He's just sitting high on it. Holy cow. <laughs> I, I saw a guy on the freeway one time literally stand up hands-free on his motorcycle and do the uh, king of the world thing just like from um, uh, Titanic. and on the fr- On the freeway, stand on the back, you know, just stood up, and I went like, well, that guy's just asking to die. You yes. know, it's like, holy moly, you know? I mean, let's, let's hope he doesn't hit a pothole or a bump or something because, wow, how dumb is that? Yeah, that is just dumb. That's somebody with a death wish. Yeah. Wow. I mean, he didn't stay there very long, but he literally stood up on the freeway on on the seat of his motorcycle, and I went, "Whoa!" Yeah, yeah. That's one of those where you go, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, it's, you that's just, wow." And all he has, it wouldn't even take, uh, it wouldn't even take a bump. I mean, if he just leaned the wrong way as he was standing up or coming back down, yeah. he could be toast. What an idiot! Yuppers. That's why they call them donor cycles. <laughs> Yep. You know, I actually considered one at one point in time when I was commuting all the way into L.A. and thought, you know, that might make it easier. And I watched a guy literally as he was passing a car kind of like use his leg to bounce off and push off of the car as the car didn't really see that he was there. And I went, nope. It was literally that evening as I was driving home ready to have the conversation with my wife about I think I'm going to get a bike. She because she's adamantly against it. And I watched that and went, never mind. (laughs) So I got home and shared that experience with her and she went, good. God telling you, no. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> like, all right. Um, bikes are fun. I'm not going to lie. They are fun to drive yeah. uh, or to ride on or whatever. But, um, uh, yeah, the people don't see you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it's one thing if you live somewhere like in New Mexico where you can get out on literally, in air quotes here, the open road. Because in California, there really isn't any open road. You're always driving with a mass of cars and trucks around you. Yes. You know? And then you get these people who lane split even when the traffic's moving at 70 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Cause, and Because like, they want to go 90. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, I, I'm sorry, but if traffic is moving that fast, I'm not looking for people lane splitting. I'm not going to see you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, bad judgment and stuff. No accounting for stupid. <laughs> You know, true. so it's did true. you did you uh, hear about uh, something that we didn't uh, talk about on the on the show? But I just thought it was um, I mean, at first, it, it, it's a little scary, but it's also just hilarious <laughs> that people are putting up uh, fake posters in the uh, San Bernardino National Forest. 
<laughs> they have a, a copy. Uh, it's, they're, they're sticking it up on informational signs as you go into campgrounds or as you go out onto hikes. And it has a copy of the U.S. Forest De- De- Service uh, uh, logo. And it says, in bold print, unsafe area, visitors assumes all risk. And if you read in a little bit late, smart, uh, farther, it says, attention campers, due to increased Increased, not just because of, but there's been an increase because it always is there, of course. Uh, Satanic cult activity in the area. Camping is not advised until further notice. Several pets have reportedly uh, been reportedly sacrificed in satanic rituals. Several missing persons reports have been filed with local authorities. And then areas affected, it lists basically like every campground in Southern California. Yeah. You know, you know, that's what bored college students do. Yeah. If 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 suspicious activity is observed, leave the area immediately and call 911. Now, the suspicious activity they're talking about, which they didn't realize, is somebody putting up one of these posters. <laughs> that is the suspicious activity. The uh, ne- Yeah. Needless to say, the U.S. Forest Service has said that this is not an official Forest Service sign. There is no known threats of this type to visitors. Uh, yeah. Well, and when I say board college students do, I mean putting up the signs, not the yeah. satanic ritual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The college students haven't suddenly all turned satanic, but they can get bored and put up signs as a joke. And, uh, yeah, and I, you know, I laughed out loud when I started reading this. And I thought, you know, somebody's going to take this seriously and panic and go out there with a gun uh, to protect themselves because they're not going to stop camping, right? But but I'll, uh, I'll uh, shoot anything that moves in the dark. So. <laughs> yeah, it'll end up on Alex Jones or some other conspiracy website. Yeah, you know, upkeep and sa- satanic activity in Southern California mountains. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> San Marino National Forest asked that anybody with information who posted the signs call the agency. Their number is nine zero nine three eight three five six five one. So oh, uh, don't turn them in. Come on. So yeah, it's a harmless prank. I think yeah. If you see that don't be and a you. Karen. You know what they should have done? What they should have done, I mean, honestly, is somewhere on the poster, they should have put like a little winky emoji or something just to let everybody, you know, so, you know, so that, so that most people still wouldn't see it, but it would be, it, you know, that way it's a joke. But, you know, if you really look at it, you'll see that, oh, clearly it's a joke because they, they put the winky emoji, you know, and it's like, all right. Just for those, it's like, didn't you see the emoji? Come on, dude. It's obviously a joke. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I just hope nobody turns them in. I mean, yeah, I really do. That's. As pranks yeah. go, as as you know, that was kind of harmless, and it's absolutely hilarious. So it really is, you know. You know and I just I just love the line, you know, increased satanic cult activity. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't due to you know a sudden outbreak or there's a satanic cult in the air. It was increased activity because you know there's always this underlying you know base noise of of satanic activity that's out here in the woods. Um, <laughs> but lately, it's been increased. So just in case. Oh, that's awesome. Perfect. Yeah. That's absolutely perfect. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was the best line in the whole thing, you know, and, and along with weird haha kind of things. But this one's absolutely one hundred one hundred percent serious. Apparently, most of Oklahoma belongs to the Creek Indians. Yeah, I actually I saw that, and I I'm a fan of Neil Neil Gorsuch because he is he he believes in the separation of powers. And he's an originalist. So mm-hmm. he's saying, Congress, you didn't do your job, so you need to fix this. I love that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. That sounds very much like um, something that um, um, 
oh shoot, I'm blanking on his name. The the originalist that passed away that was sort of the icon for that. Scalia, Antonin Scalia. Scalia. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know because I I was a big Scalia fan. And uh, and you know what I loved about Scalia is that his best friend on the bench was Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. <laughs> Two people who couldn't have more opposing views about the law, and yet they're able to be buddies. And I just love that image of those two people being friends and hanging out together because to me that's what America should be. You know, that's the Indeed. ideal is two people who have absolutely diametrically opposed views of the law and yet we can be friends. And and that was just awesome. But anyway, I agree with you. This is this is I mean it's it's kind of funny, but it's it's like yeah, throw it back in Congress's lap because they're the ones who didn't do their job. Essentially what it was is the Supreme Court ruled 5 to 4 Thursday that a substantial portion of Oklahoma, roughly 19 million acres, including the city of Tulsa, officially still belonged to Native American tribes because Congress never officially declared that it no longer did. The federal government promised Creek, the Creek Reservation in, in perpetuity. Uh, and Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote in the majority, over time, Congress has diminished that reservation. It is sometimes restricted and other times expanded the tribe's authority, but Congress has never withdrawn the promised reservation. As a result, many of the arguments before us today follow a sadly familiar pattern. Promises were made, the price of keeping them has become too great, and so now we're just going to cast a blind eye. And we reject that thinking. If Congress wishes to withdraw its promise, it must say so, reads the decision. And of course, politicians don't want to do that right because that makes them look bad so they don't want to do that but dang it you know we took the land back from them uh, essentially illegally we need to either say that we're it's officially not theirs or everybody vacate the town of tulsa and give it back to them yeah i, I this has actually created kind of a mess um and uh it, I, it'll be interesting to watch how this unfolds i mean this this land other people have purchased land in tulsa and around tulsa and other parts of oklahoma so who owns it? And 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 you, mm-hmm. the government doesn't have the right to take your property without remuneration. Remuneration. I always say that wrong. Um, uh, and so, who do they pay? Right? I mean, do they pay the Native American tribe? Do they pay the person who's bought commercial or, or residential property in those areas? I mean, it, this is a hot mess. Yeah. Well, you know, I think ultimately what's going to happen is that well, probably nothing right away because it's an election year. Um, but um, it seems to me like the areas that are obviously already commercialized and 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 owned by other people, thinking that they had rights to this, clearly they're they you know you have in you know when you buy a home you get you get insurance es- uh, in part of the escrow process because they do a they're supposed to do a historical check of of ownership of the property to verify that you really do own it. So there'll be a huge insurance payout if they have to give land back. But there's probably going to go through on an individual case-by-case basis and say this land we're going to now designate no longer reservation land. And that means that then the government will have to pay the the Indian, uh, the tribe that was promised that land and, and owns it legally. And then there will be other situations where they'll say, no, this land does belong to the tribe. Uh, and if the tribe wants it, then they have to pay the person who's currently occupying it, and that person will then get paid by the tribe. So, Why would the tribe have to pay for it if it was? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Not the tribe. the The government will pay them to to relocate so that the money goes back to the tribe. Either way, the government pays. We all we pay no matter what because our government screwed up. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I it'll it'll be interesting to watch it unfold. I mean, it's certainly you know it's it's the first victory in how many hundreds of years you know with. Uh, uh, yeah. with the Native Americans in this country because they got hosed. They got robbed, literally robbed 
you know, yeah. murdered, all of these things. We treated them abominably. Yeah, we want um, your space, so move over there, and we'll never bother you over there. And then when we expanded, we said, okay, well, we changed our mind. Now we're going to bother you here. We want you to move over there. And, you know, and just kept moving them around. I mean, some of these tribes were originally, you know, like East Coast tribes yeah. that, 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 North fed, Carolina. Yeah, that fed themselves by like, you know, fishing and they were ocean, ocean going tribes. And, and now they're, you know, living in, in, you know, central part of the country, nowhere near a body of water because we just kept moving them over the last couple hundred years. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They were treated badly. Um, so it, I, I, it, this is a big victory for Native Americans, and we'll see, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm sure they're cautiously optimistic because they've been hosed so many times. But um, yeah, uh, cautiously being the main word there, because yeah, they've been hosed so many times. Yeah, I, I don't I, know I, that they trust that anything will come to their benefit out of this. So yeah, I, I think this was the right move. I, good for them. Good for yeah. them. Yeah, well, and good for uh, for the court in saying, even though it was a 5-4 ruling, good to, for the court in saying, hey, we're not going to solve this problem for you, Congress. You did this. You fix it. You you go figure out a resolution. You negotiate a resolution. You do what you got to do. This isn't this isn't something we're going to – we're not going to bail you out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and generally, I like uh, Justice John Roberts, the Chief Justice, but he actually uh, wrote the minority dissenting opinion. Um, and in this case, I disagree with him. You know, it's been, they've been a very uh, active um, uh, Supreme Court session. Lots of interesting and, and pretty landmark type of decisions. And it's interesting because I found myself very much agreeing with the minority of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Sotomayor um, on on some issues which i don't normally do and here i'm i'm basically saying i don't agree with with uh with gorsuch either so or not gorsuch with with roberts and so it's 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 been uh it's been very interesting and they're not necessarily and this is what i also love about our our, our court right now is they're not necessarily voting by what you would think are party lines no they're not you know it, it, you're never quite sure who's going to fall on what side of each each position which is exactly where you want your court right you want your court making those kinds of decisions based on on their convictions and uh and not on the political wins yes well and that on the merits of the case i mean right. they, they look at every case as it comes to them without thinking about the necessarily thinking about the greater political ramifications although right. i wonder with um john roberts if he doesn't have some political ramifications on his mind when he chooses when he when he rules the way he does, I don't know. I I I, um, I can't quite get my brain around him. Well, um, you know, I, I can't either because he doesn't seem to toe the party line, at least the 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 Republican Party line on some things. And so, you know, he seems to. That's why I was saying I kind of I don't feel like there's an absolute guaranteed vote there. You know, and there and he's not the only one on any given yeah. topic. Um, you know, any one of of you know, probably four or five of the justices can go either way, you know? Yep. I mean, there's yes. a couple pretty reliably, you know, Clarence Thompson is pretty reliably conservative. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Sotomayor, pretty reliably uh, liberal. Um, but, it, you know, the rest of it's kind of a mix. So, um, apparently... 
Robert De Niro's lawyer is saying that uh, this pandemic has wrecked his finances. Bobby, uh, say it so, ain't so. Say it ain't so. Now this is this is you have to listen to these numbers because they're kind of um, go, I'm kind of gobsmacked. Now I wish I had a small violin to play. He had to cut his spousal support that he pays to fifty thousand dollars a month. Oh no! Somebody has to get by with fifty thousand dollars a month. Yes, the pandemic has hit Robert De Niro's finances so hard that he's going to be lucky if he makes seven and a half million dollars this year. Now, this is where the violin would be great. A Manhattan court heard uh, a Manhattan court heard this this week. Carolyn Krauss, a lawyer for the 76-year-old actor, said De Niro's earnings have been decimated with the restaurant chain Nobu, which he has a stake in, losing millions of dollars. Grace Hightower, Robert De Niro's estranged wife, is seeking an emergency order raising her American Express card limit from 50000 a month back to 100000 Her attorney, Kevin McDonough, said De Niro cut Hightower's allowance in March and banned her and her children, 8-year-old Helen and 21-year-old Elliot, from being from the upstate compound where he has been living with some of his four other children. Uh, Krauss told the court that De Niro's latest film project has been put on hold. She said the actor who appeared uh, at a hearing via Skype had cut back spending dramatically. McDonough accused the actor of using the pandemic to stick to stick it to his wife and family, but Manhattan Supreme Court Justice Matthew C- Cooper declined to order the actor to raise the card limit. I just feel so bad for her. 50000 yeah. a month? How is she supposed to live? She's oh going to struggle. Well, oh, and the flip side of that is Oh, poor guy! You know he 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 he's only going to make seven and a half million dollars this year. Of course, you know you say that, and regardless of how much you make, that doesn't talk about how much cash flow you've got because you maybe have money invested in things, and it's not like you necessarily have that money just sitting in your bank account to go spend whatever you want. But let me tell you, if you're making seven and a half million dollars a year and you can't carve out, uh, you know, enough money to to get by then you are not managing your money well and and you're you've got a very skewed view of what what's necessary in life holy moly yeah so 50,000 a month is um is a pretty pretty huge chunk of change and yeah if mm-hmm. she can't carve out a, a, yeah. both of that 600,000 a year right so yeah it's 600,000 a year if you can't carve out a life on $600,000 a year you need to rethink your priorities yeah now if you had been getting you know, 1.2 million a year, twice that. And as a result, you have a house or an apartment that has a, you know, a payment that is significant chunk of that. You know, again, I, I don't want to be too overly, you know, well, then she uh, needs to dis- do what the rest of America does. Dismissive, I, I, I but exactly, exactly. If you can't find a place to live for $600,000 a month, if you know, I it just, yeah, I, I, I don't either. I don't feel sorry for either of them. Frankly, they're, they're making plenty of money. Um, there's plenty of money to be had uh, living off of the fat of Robert De Niro's efforts. Yes. He's been, he has been so incredibly successful that you can't tell me that that he and all of his children and ex-wives cannot make do. Exactly. <laughs> I just exactly. don't believe it. I don't believe it. This is two you know, people arguing about stuff. Maybe they have to downsize into a you know $1 million house instead of a $15 million house or whatever. You know? Oh no, that's such a hardship. It is such a hardship. It really is. You don't understand how hard it is. These are Bobby's kids. They deserve better. 
man. Yeah, God. Poor people. Yeah, Such seriously. a struggle. Such a struggle. The struggle's real, Todd. Yeah. It's real. Hashtag rich, first world it, problem. Yeah, rich lives matter. Is that what they're trying to say? <laughs> yes. Wow. wow. Yeah, and back where the other half lives, um, the uh, Santa Claus Incorporated, which is here in San Bernardino. Um, and Been there. It gives, yeah, it's a wonderful organization. They give out uh, they almost. I think they have two employees. Everybody else is a volunteer. They um, they give out. You know, I think they serve like a hundred thousand or more kids in the area, um, uh, giving them toys, clothes, books, um, and other needed supplies uh, throughout the year, but also at Christmas. Um, and uh, they've they've been robbed twice in two weeks. They're lit- these these burglars oh, are literally stealing from kids who have nothing. Man, that is so awful. Yep. So awful. I mean, it's not like these. You know, this this charity runs. You know, on a shoestring budget. Really. I mean, they put everything they can into the actual doing of good of the help. It's not yes. like it's not like they've got you know a bunch of fat cats sitting around making decisions and and they're they're trying to keep all of their focus on helping kids. And yes, you're stealing directly from that child. Yes. Oh. Uh, Yes. They need to put posters up saying that and try to appeal to somebody's uh, baser instincts, I guess, is is the problem here. Yeah. I don't know. It's disgusting and it's despicable. And if the people who who steal the stuff were needy, like they had children, they could get the stuff free from Santa Claus. They don't need to steal it. You know, there's some people just want to steal because they want to steal. Other people just maybe they're Mm -hmm. feeding a habit. I don't know. But it is despicable. Despicable. Yeah. Shame on them. Shame, Shame on, on them. them. Hey, a sum- Shame on them. Summer camp in Stone County, Missouri, took precautions against coronavirus, but 82 campers, counselors, and staff tested positive for the virus anyway, and the camp near Branson has now shut down. Everybody's been sent home. So, 82 here- people. Wow. Did I want to know how many of those people were symptomatic. And I say this because if it were that many people and those people were not symptomatic why not just keep them together so they can't infect anyone else yeah well what they don't also say is of the total you know what is how how many of those 82 what is that uh, out of the total were there 150 people at the camp because if i'm one of the others that isn't i don't want to be there they'd send me home but you're right they could there's with 82 people that includes counselors and staff that means there's enough of them that if if they're not you know actually becoming ill and and that's what they tell you right is is if you're if you're not having symptoms that that uh affect your um your respiratory uh system that that basically just stay at home and treat it like a cold uh yeah. and so you, you're right why not just keep them there and treat it like a cold and tell everybody who's not testing positive get out you guys yes. go home and the rest of them will just keep them right here and let them finish their camp and uh and you know maybe bring a doctor in to keep an eye on them and check their temperatures and and uh, and treat their treat it like a cold until it becomes worse. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, because I, I honestly believe that there are all kinds of people with absolutely no symptoms who are who mm-hmm. would test positive. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Know, and, and as we test more, that's 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 being borne out in in the actual numbers. Yeah, that there's lots and lots of people who have the virus who are asymptomatic or they have the sniffles, and so you don't. You know, they think, 
maybe it's just a cold or maybe it's just allergies or maybe, uh-huh. you know, whatever. I had a headache last night and that was it. You know what I'm saying? That was that's what they're that's right. how it's manifesting itself. Right. Well, and I mean, if statistics hold out of those 82, you might get one or two that would then like start having respiratory issues and say they need to go to the hospital. Maybe one or two. Yeah. Uh, you know, out of that and out of that one or two, then it's even, you know, uh, like a 5% chance out of those one or two that one of them would then actually get to the point where they would be life threatening. Um, yes. so yeah, you know, I, it's a good question why they didn't do it. Maybe they just felt like they didn't have the, um, the, uh, mix of staff and, uh, and, and expertise to manage that. And probably, and this probably has much anything to do with the camp itself didn't want to take on the liability of managing people who are ill. You know, they don't have the insurance to do that, and they knew they'd get sued, so they said, let's send everybody home. Yeah. Yeah, that probably was the reasoning, was more than anything else, was the camp, the people who run the camp went, oh, yeah, no, we can't do this. So they basically said, as your camp returns home, we recommend that you consider a 14-day self-quarantine for your child and monitor for symptoms of COVID-19. The camp's health services director reported wrote uh, wrote to parents. So, who? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Who would have sent I, their kid to camp at this time of year? I guess they're thinking, well, you know, it's outdoors most of the time, and and they're gonna, they, they, you know, they say they're going and wiping things down, and they're doing their best to, you know, everybody's wearing masks when they're out and about, and you know. And the kids have been cooped up for four months. Yeah. You know, it's like maybe the fresh air will do them some good. They're going nuts. Yeah, although I think as a parent, I would have said, okay, let's us go out and do some camping or something and just our family rather than you go with a group of kids to a camp where I'm not there and not watch. Because, you know, a bunch of kids in a camp, even with counselors, they're not keeping their masks on. And, they're you know, when they're in their cabin at night, they're all goofing around. I mean, it's just it's kids. So Come we on, have time. I, I've seen those camp movies. I know what goes on there. <laughs> Is Freddy Krueger slashes people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I, yeah, and, I, and I've heard about band camps. So holy moly, you know. So um, uh, this is this is a great story, and we're, we only have time for one more. Um, an alleged car thief in Oregon um, uh, crashed into another car that was also stolen. <laughs> what are the odds? Two two car thieves are bad drivers. <laughs> So this happened in Newburgh, Oregon, and uh, so the police were able to recover two stolen vehicles, you know, with a little bit of a uh, uh, body damage. Um, uh, this, this is according to the Oregonian. It seems the police were chasing a Toyota Land Cruiser because it had just been reported stolen when the driver cr- crashed into another vehicle. As it turned out, that second vehicle, a Buick Regal, had been stolen about three weeks previously. And so um, when the dust settled, Randy Lee Cooper was charged with unauthorized use of a motor vehicle, attempting to elude police and assaulting and reckless assault and reckless driving. He was in the Land Cruiser and the Buick driver, Kristen Nicole Beggie or Beggie, was charged with driving under the influence of intoxicants and unauthorized use of a use of a motor vehicle. And so (laughs) Newburgh, Oregon, is about 20 miles southwest of Portland. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Karma, man, That's it'll get you. Awesome. Karma <laughs> will get you. I tell you. That's... There used to be a show on like ages ago called Stupid Criminals. Yeah. And it would, it, I don't know if you ever watched it. It was I hilarious. Did. Yeah. And, you know, these, these people would be on that show. Yeah, they would. They absolutely would. You know, they tell these kind of stories or, you know, the best ones were when they had like video of the guy trying to do something. And it's like, 
I remember one guy who broke into a glue factory. Um, he had a he had a problem with huffing. He broke into a glue factory and uh, opened up a 55 gallon drum and was overwhelmed with the glue fumes fell over and poured the glue on top of himself when he did and glued himself to the floor. So when they came in the morning, he was stuck. He was glued down. It's like a human-sized glue trap, right? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That was awesome. (laughs) Oh, people. I guess you you say thank goodness that the, the criminals are stupid, right? I mean, yeah, that's you, true. You don't want that criminal mastermind out there. It's you, you really do want the 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 ding dongs, you know. If we if we've learned nothing from superhero movies is that criminal masterminds can wreak a lot of havoc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and most criminal criminal masterminds are like these days. I think probably doing stuff online. They're not even they're Indeed. not even the ones involved. They set it up so somebody else is the one who gets caught. Yeah, and so, it's just cybercrime. It's cybercrime, yeah. and they're able to to do all kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Well, and lower uh, lower um, uh, penalties if you do get caught. You know, or you blame it on China because apparently they're breaking into everything and every everything everywhere, right? So, yes, they are. All right. Well, we've kind of come to the end of our show today. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Todd Brinker. And I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a good day. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.